Hi, I'm Trevor Cochran and this is The Garden Gurus Live, a weekly show where I'll share seasonal gardening advice, feature a variety of gardeners from all across Australia and give listeners the opportunity to interact and ask your garden questions. To join the chat live and ask your gardening questions, all you need to do is like our Facebook page and tune in every Friday at 12pm Australian Eastern Standard Time. This program is brought to you by The Garden Gurus and Scott's Performance Naturals. Scott's Performance Naturals is the 100% natural and sustainable way to grow and feed your garden. Backed by years of research and developed by scientists, the technology employed enhances natural processes, allowing extra strong growth. The Performance Naturals range contains organic materials such as Nature-N, blood and bone, seaweed, biostimulants, manure and feather meal to improve the soil and encourage microbial and earthworm activity. To find out more about the Scott's Performance Naturals range, head to lovethegarden.com.au. Hello and welcome to The Garden Gurus Live. I'm Trevor Cochran. What a beautiful morning. It's Thursday. We're only a week away from Christmas. I hope you're all well. Weather here in WA is absolutely beautiful, but I know my friends in Queensland and New South Wales are getting hammered with a lot of rain at the moment. So our challenges in the garden this week are going to be a little bit different. Now, today we've got a whole bunch of great things happening for you. We've got some terrific interviews. We've got eight prizes to give away for best questions. So it's three books, five packets of Mr. Fothergill's seeds. So remember, post your questions. We'll answer them. Make sure when you actually post it, put your suburb and state in. It really helps in identifying uh, where you are and where the situation may be with your garden at the moment. Later on, Karen Goldie from Evergreen Garden Cares joining us. Karen's very, very popular for a very good reason. She does an amazing job and this week is no exception. We are heading out to my mate, David Van Berkel at Garden Express. He's got a very, very cool a very, very cool idea, I think. If you've been leaving things to uh, maybe just a bit too late to get some gifts out and you've got some some friends here and there in other places and you want to get some really wonderful garden gifts, David's got a great way to do it. It's the easiest gift you can give this Christmas. And I can't wait to catch up with Bonnie Marie Hibbs and she's going to share her summer gardening tips and she'll help me answer a whole bunch of questions. Now, please remember ask your questions, get them in, let us know where you are. Lindy in Brisbane, for example, she has said that her strawberries are going black when ripening. Now, that's a really unusual problem. And generally, that only occurs under two circumstances. One, you can have some fungal issues when you've got lots and lots of moisture around, which there has been in Brisbane. In fact, um, there could be that particular issue where you're getting a, a mould or mildew coming through and wiping them out just before they fully ripen. The other thing that does cause that is actually a lack of calcium in the soil. So boosting your soil calcium levels is also very, very important. So that's adding lime, ideally in the form of dolomite, but you can also, if you're in alkaline conditions, gypsum is the other one that really works with that. Now, Marie has got limelights. Uh, that is an acacia and she wants to know if they can be moved. They are big and they're dropping their leaves. If they're dropping their leaves, they're telling you that the soil's drying out. Thanks, Michaela. Um, and when the soil dries out, the natural process for many native plants is to shed foliage. So there's only so much moisture that will support that foliage. They'll drop generally the foliage from the bottom uh, so that the, the the growth foliage on the top is getting enough moisture for it to actually grow and perform. Um, as far as can they be moved? Well, look, you know what? They do not transplant super well. Caches are notorious for uh, for dropping dead pretty much. And this time of the year, Marie, you haven't told us where you are. So again, it's one of those challenges. But if you're in a very dry climate, um, if you try transplanting, it's highly likely they'll die. So I would leave them probably give them a bit of a prune back, to be quite honest, uh, and let's see how they go. If not, uh, and you do want to try moving them, leave it to winter. It's the best time. Wilma in Perth. Hello. She's got mildew on a grape. So have I, Wilma, and I sprayed mine this year. What's the best eco-friendly cure? Well, look, 
it is often said that whole milk, that is the milk with lots of cream in it, is exceptionally good. Now, the reason for that is that it encourages a lot of bacterial growth. That bacteria eats uh, the fungal spores and stops the spread. It won't stop any damage that's been done, though. Um, there are fungicides that you can spray to, to bring it back. But when you've had an extraordinarily wet start to summer like we've had here in Perth, then, you know, fungal problems are quite an issue. And it occurs with not just grapes, but also, you know, you'll be seeing a lot of black spot on your roses. And again, um, there's really two things you can do is give them a trim back, get the airflow going through them. You can spray them with, uh, with a bit of uh, whole milk, but I'd use a fungicide if you really want to make sure you get your crop. Now, Joanne uh, from Mount Isa in Queensland. Hello, Joanne. Hello, everybody in Queensland. Um, great to see all you guys uh, tuning in at the moment. Um, just having a quick look at your question here and what's a great way to beat the heat when it comes to your plants? Well, the simplest thing to do is to actually use a seaweed extract. There are polymers you can spray over the foliage of plants that reduces the transpiration of moisture from the plant leaf into the atmosphere, which means that the roots have got to keep drawing moisture through. They are available. Um, if you're really desperate, I'd suggest you do that. But it is a polymer. A polymer is a kind of plastic, really. So all you're doing is you're, you're basically putting a coating over them and slowing their, um, their metabolism rate. What I would suggest you do is use some seaweed extract. So sea sole has always been very famous for helping plants that have got heat stress, and that's one that you could spray over the foliage. Marie in Hobart. From the north to the south, how much can you trim a rhododendron? Well, that's a really good question. Rhodos are best trimmed um, back down to where there are leaves coming out of the leaf nodes, out of the nodes in the stems. If you cut them back into the hardwood, they don't always re you know, respond. They won't always come back. So um, the trick with rhodos, and that's azaleas as well, is prune regularly. So trim on a regular basis, keep them in a nice shape that way um, is the best policy. But as far as giving them a prune, you can do it. Just don't go too hard, Marie. So a gentle, easy prune right across them. Now, I'm very excited because this bloke is one of the nice guys when it comes to the garden industry. He has been at the forefront of new ideas. In fact, his family has for generations now. And David was the guy that came up with the idea, this amazing business, Garden Express. Effectively, it's the garden centre that delivers direct to your door. It doesn't matter where you are across the country. And there's a huge range. In fact, some of the things that David and his team come up with, things that you just can't get your hands on normally. But today, it's all about gifts. Good morning, David. How are you going? Yeah, yeah. That was a good wrap that you gave me. I'm, uh, I'm blushing a little bit because of that one, Trev. That's great. Oh. I just thought it was a suntan, mate. There you go. Hey, hey a couple listen. of weeks ago, I was at a winery. Uh, yesterday, we were drinking some more drinks to celebrate Christmas, and I wanted to comment on how great, great a week does it feel, you know, this last week coming up to Christmas. It uh, yeah. feels a bit more relaxing. Uh, all the stress is disappearing, so it's good. It's one where we should all be celebrating what's been a pretty challenging year, um, but but more importantly, celebrating friendships and the fact that we can spend time together. It's um, We're very, very lucky in this part of the world, aren't we? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Interesting with a couple of your problems there, Trev. I transplanted an acacia tree in April. Uh, yep. It looks horrible, but it's still alive. Yeah. So it can work. Yeah, it, it's one of those ones, they really are hit and miss. And of course, the thing with them is um, if you're going into very high soil moisture levels, the chance of survival is so much higher than going into drying moisture levels, which is why it's important when people write in that they tell us where they are because, you know, it makes a big difference. Um, mate, I, I wanted to ask you, what's happening at Garden Express at the moment? You guys, it, over Christmas, do you break? What happens? Yeah, look, I with Australia Post and, and how inundated they are with parcels, you know, it's not like we're sending some bracelets or something that can't break down. So we really hold back on shipping the plants based a lot on the weather conditions around the country. But also yeah. we don't want something to, to be shipped this week and then not arrive until the new year. So um, the idea that we've got for you this year is uh, to offer some, some gift vouchers, Trev, that yeah. you can email off to uh, anybody that you've missed out on a Christmas present uh, yeah. and it's in their inbox directly. So... Um, those gift vouchers are 20% off. So, so sorry, I mean, I'd normally get a gift voucher, let's say it's 100 bucks from Maya to give to my son so he can go and get a new shirt or something like that. 
you're saying yeah. it's it's hundred dollars, but but you're getting twenty percent off. You well, you're getting one hundred and twenty dollars for your hundred dollars spent. Wow. You're sending a gift voucher of $120, uh, and you can send that directly via email. So they get the account code to uh, to use that voucher online, Trev. So there's four vouchers that you can you can get. Yep, we've got um, some pre some fixed price vouchers: fifty dollars, a hundred dollars, hundred and fifty, and two hundred. That's fantastic, mate. What? What a great deal. What a great idea for um, for Christmas. Look, let's be honest, we're, we're still, there's a lot of people that are still not travelling at the moment. They're still staying at home. So we haven't necessarily seen all our loved ones and our friends. What a what a lovely thing to um, to get drop in, dropped into your uh, inbox, hey? It is always nice to get a bit of a voucher. Then you can go shopping. And as you said, we've got so many different things to choose from. Um, the recipient of the voucher then, or even if you want to, um, you know, Treat yourself to uh, to some extra value on your next spend in the new year, Trevor. Yeah, that's a, br- a brilliant idea. David, you know, w- in my garden at the moment, I when I walk out, I see David Van Berkel everywhere and, he, and he's looking beautiful at the moment. And the reason is because I, I was very lucky to get a whole bunch of your dahlias and um, they are just peaking at the moment. They look sensational coming into Christmas. The ultimate perfect flower. And it's a good example of just one of the many different things that you can get from Garden Express, right? Yeah, exactly. Look, and, and dahlias, you know, they're my fa- favourite. The family's grown them for, the, for all of the generations and they, they just keep on giving, you know. It's months yeah. and months of colour. So to me, it's one of the best value items. But that's the beauty of throwing, you know, bulbs and plants in your garden that something new is coming along every other week. Uh, and, and it's just great to share that with other people as well. Give them a surprise that they may not have experienced before. Terrific. Hey, listen, mate, I want to ask you, I know um, you're a family business and I know that you're, all the team that work there are your extended family. What are you guys all doing for Christmas? Have you had a Christmas party so far? Yeah, we had a Christmas party yesterday and uh, we did the Bad Santa uh, gift giving, which was a bit yeah. of fun. So we took a few hours off and enjoyed that. And a few of our um, casual team members and, and even some of our regulars are taking a break from now through until the 4th of January. So we just take the, the break off in between and, yep. uh, and come back fresh in the new year. And what do you do with your family for Christmas? Uh, the Dutchies, we do a, we do an evening celebration. So yeah. um, you know the the big roast and some uh, some mulled wine, uh, glug they call it, uh, mm. nice hot wine with a bit of cinnamon in it, um, and some croquettes. Trev, they're my favourites. <laughs> sounds fantastic. I think I've got to come to your place for Christmas sometime, mate. It sounds a, a really really good time. David, thanks so much for your support and for all of the amazing offers that you've pulled up for us with both the Garden Gurus TV show and, and obviously Garden Gurus Live each week. They're, they're really good and I know that so many people tell me that they take them up, that they're, they're really appreciated. So I, I'm hoping that we'll see a lot of you in 2021 with a lot more of these really innovative um, deals. Now, just to go back over it, just before we finish, there's four gift vouchers you're giving away 20% extra value and it's delivered direct into somebody's inbox. So this is the gift that you can just send off to somebody who you can't necessarily get to spend some time with. They are, number one, pay 50, get $60 worth. Number two, pay 100, get $120 worth. Number three, pay $150, which would be fantastic for somebody, you know, maybe who's starting out in their first house or it's a very special person. They get $180 worth. And the fourth one is pay $200 and get $240 worth. Could you imagine all the goodies you could get for $240? That so would be fun, some fun wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Beautiful tools for the garden or, uh, or a great new display in a new area. David, thanks very much. And to you and your family, have a awesome Christmas. I'm really looking forward to seeing you, actually seeing you in person because I'm planning to come across to Melbourne in early uh, 2021 now that we can all do that, which will be great. That'll be fantastic, Trevor. Uh, thanks to your team uh, and from everybody here at Garden Express, thank you to all of the uh, all of the viewers for um, you know, taking hold of our offers and running with it. It's, uh, it's really a, a good fun part of uh, what we do every week. It absolutely is. Thanks, mate. Take care of yourself and we'll see you in the new year. Cheers, Trevor. What a good bloke, hey? What a lovely fellow. And Marie has sent us a comment. My Garden Express dahlias are starting to flower down here in Hobart. They, You'll be about, I reckon, two to three weeks behind where mine are, Marie, and 
Mine are just spectacular. I absolutely love them. So great comment, great feedback. Hopefully there's more of you that have got Garden Express um, dahlias in. They really are. We also had um, uh, Jean from New South Wales. She's commented, Garden Express is great, have had deliveries of plants and all are in such good condition. And that is the magic of what David and his team have been doing they have been able to find a way to get plants delivered to us. They turn up and they're ready to go and they take off once they hit the ground in your garden. Now, let's get into some more questions. We've got uh, Lee from, Leah from Queensland. Uh, I've got a red, I've got red cordylines that seem to be struggling since planting about six weeks ago. The leaves are looking discoloured and I think that's droopy. How can I help them? Now, Leah, it's a really interesting thing because um, most of Queensland, not all of Queensland, is uh, has been hammered by rainfall. And sometimes that can actually cause um, literally a saturation, a flooding of the, um, of the soil. And that lack of oxygen in around the roots effectively starts suffocating um, those cordylines. And the classic thing they'll do is they'll, they'll sort of drop their foliage and it'll come down. If that's what's going on, you may need to think about digging um, and mounding your soil and planting them into the top of the mound. It'll just give them a little bit more. Certainly, you know, adding a bit of, uh, if your soil's heavy, adding a bit of gypsum into that soil will help break it up and get some air in. Um, I, I suspect that that's probably what's causing this issue. Uh, the other extreme is when they're really dry, you can have the same effect. But the rest of the time, cordylines are pretty hard to knock back. So I'm hoping that those two suggestions help you a lot. Wendy in Adelaide, she's got an eight-year-old white sapote. Uh, she's got good growth. It's about three metres high, lots of flowers in spring, but with strong winds that she's had, the flowers have all fallen off. She's never had fruit. What could be wrong? Now, the white sapote is this amazing um, fruit. It is a beautiful dark green like a Granny Smith apple, probably in size, but the skin's a lot thicker and um, the fruit itself is really sweet. It does take a fair bit of time before they'll produce fruit. So I've got them in my own garden and I found it was probably six or seven years before my first lot of fruit actually started forming. Strong winds can be really problematic. So at three metres high, you're not gonna be able to protect the tree as such, but what should happen is on one side of the tree, you should get fruit. On the other side, maybe not so much. What I would suggest you do is as you, as you see the tree start producing flower, make sure that you've got no water going to the tree. Now, it's a strange thing to say, but what you want the tree is to, you want it to set fruit, set a lot of fruit, and then it'll hang on to it because it needs to reproduce. Uh, that will probably get a, a, a more significant crop. Now, if you've got sprinklers around the bottom, just cap them, just get some little caps, screw them on the top, take them off. As soon as the fruit starts forming and it's got to a decent size, about that size, it's okay. Put your sprinklers back on and the tree will continue to perform and should be fine. Kerry from Sydney, is now a good time to feed my begonias? If not now, when? Begonias should be fed all the time with the only exception being probably May, June and July. They need warmer weather, they love warm weather and when they get it, you need to be feeding them. And the best results you can get are feeding them this time of the year with a liquid fertiliser. So, um, you know, that uh, Osmocote um, Pour and Go is just a sensational product. They will love that. Um, but yeah, any kind of liquid fertiliser over the foliage, in around the soil, they'll produce lots and lots of growth, lots and lots of flower. Should be great. Heading up to Queensland, we're all over the place. This is great, it's great to see you. Thanks so much for tuning in. Natalie, she's in Ipswich in Queensland. Hi Natalie, hello to everybody again in Queensland. Best way to stop the lorries. I think that's the lorikeets from eating my 10 foot lychee tree. Okay, a little bit of lead delivered in a uh, bullet about, no, I'm joking about that bitch. You can't do that with any birds. I'm only kidding. What I am saying, Michaela's shaking her head at me. Michaela's the producer. Um, what you do need to do is you need to come up with something that's going to scare them away. Now, sometimes tensioned um, fishing twine around the outside makes a high-pitched buzzing noise and that will help keep them away. If you were in an orchard, they would actually have this thing that goes bang, like a, like a shotgun, and scares them off. 
My, um, my grandmother used to say that, um, that they were one of the biggest banes in her life when it came to fruit because they'd often just go through and pick all the fruit off and just throw it on the ground. And when it comes to lychees, that's the last thing you want. You can, of course, put a cover over the tree. At 10 foot, it's still manageable. And a simple way to do it is you can get some steel posts and pop them in on either side of the tree, maybe put four of them. And then you can get some PVC pipe and pop that over the post stand it up and over the other side and pop it in there, pop it again over there. That's the base of the frame, then bird netting over the top. There's a few different options. I was only joking about that little bit of lead about that big, okay. Sorry, Natalie. Christine in, in Stirling, Perth. Hello, Christine. She's battling mealybug on one of her freckle face plants and she's wondering if the bug actually lives in the soil as well. She's been spraying with eco oil on the foliage and uh, She's isolated as the other five, yeah, so she's got another five plants as well. So mealybug is a, it's an awful insect as far as um, the damage it can do. And you are absolutely right. During the winter, the mealybugs actually come down from the foliage and they get into the soil and they will be in around the roots. No doubt they'll also be in the, in the um, leaf node. So the, where the leaf comes out, the node on the plant, they get themselves in there and sometimes when they're really bad, they'll get in under the leaves as well. Mealybugs are microscopic, little white insect. It's got a little long tail on it and it causes sort of a white webbing you'll often see in under the leaves. Now what it does is it sucks the goodness out of the plant. So you need to actually do one of two things. You can either try and spray it as you have with eco oil, but you've got to be able to smother the mealybug. So you've got to spray under the leaves, you've got to soak that, and yes, you are going to have to soak the soil as well. Or you can get a systemic insecticide. Now, a systemic insecticide is something that um, is absorbed through the leaves and moved through the sap. And when the insect sucks on that sap, it kills it off. Now, they're a little bit more toxic and a little bit more harsh, but I would go in and have a talk to my local garden centre. And there is a fantastic one in Stirling called Waldex. You should stick your head in there. It's an amazing garden centre. And um, if you go in there, have a, ask for Charmaine. Charmaine and I used to work together a million years ago in another world almost. And uh, she's one of the smartest and most helpful horticulturalists you'll find in Australia. So keep your eye out for Charmaine. Uh, Bernard in Victoria's got small flies around his indoor peace lily that come out of the soil. Is there a way to get rid of them? Bernard, there is. Now, the first thing, let's, let's establish what they are. They're fungus gnats. And if you were using the Osmocote potting mix for indoor plants, what you would find is you won't have them at all. What they're living off is they're living off decaying organic matter. And that in the normal potting mixes is usually pine bark and sawdust that's been composted. And um, that's, that's why they're there. They're breeding in the soil. The way to get rid of them, well, you can use an insecticide. You could use yellow sticky traps. They'll fly to that and stick to that. Um, so my solution, to be quite honest, in the future and probably not too far down the line would be to actually repot your peace lily into that Osmocote potting mix. And the reason why that Osmocote for indoor plants, make sure it's a grey bag, make sure you get that one. The reason why that one's really important is because um, it uses cocoa peat, which is an inert organic material coming from the byproduct of uh, coconut husk production. So um, it's a lot better product to use and you will not get fungus gnats. And it's the biggest problem I hear from everybody with indoor plants. Now, Kavina in uh, Piri in South Australia. Does magnesium help stop tomatoes with blossom rot? So that blossom end rot is a common problem and you will only see it when you have a lack of calcium in the soil. Uh, many, many years ago, a good friend of mine, Robert Van Orich, he uh, shared that little tip with me and I've been adding dolomite and gypsum to my soils every year ever since, so garden lime. Um, absolutely brilliant. But magnesium will not solve that problem. Magnesium is one of those greening agents in the leaves. And when your leaves start to lose their, their I suppose their emerald luster, you know, that lovely glossy green that lot, most leaves have, when they're losing that, you know that you're in a situation where there's a problem. And um, that's usually a lack of magnesium. Now, the way you add, mag add magnesium into your soil, Epsom salts, it's, a, it's an old favorite, it's an old trick literally a couple of teaspoons into watering can, water it in over the foliage and in around the soil, you can't go wrong. How's that for a bit of advice? 
Now, I'm really excited because we've got one of our favourites back joining us and uh, I can see she's got something pretty amazing going on. Karen Goldie is the State Sales Manager at Evergreen Garden Care down in SA and she has always got something very, very cool. Visit the Garden Guru's online store and browse through a collection of high-quality, German-made Wolfgarten tools. You'll also find a range of books with information to help create and maintain a beautiful garden. You can also access the online store on the Garden Guru's Facebook page. Use the code GURUS for free shipping on orders over $30. Offer ends 31st of October. In the meantime, I'm going to go and talk about plants. And one of the ones that everybody's raving about at the moment is the rose. They're at their peak in most gardens right around the country. All over the country, they're looking fantastic. But there is a particular new range of roses that have been released. And um, it comes from that guy, Anthony Tesla. Anthony Tesla International, about 30 years ago, introduced us to the uh, flower carpet range of roses that were bred out of Germany. Now, the, the breeder in Germany has been doing work, work for a long period of time, along with his son, believe it or not. So we're now talking multi-generations. And this is the thing with roses, is they, they can take 10, 15 years or so to come together. Now, what's happened is there are these spectacular roses called showpiece roses. And Nev Passmore uh, recently introduced them on the Garden Gurus. And I'm really excited because the, um, the showpiece roses are an amazing collection. Best thing about them is they're grown on their own rootstock. So when they grow up, they grow up to basically so that you're looking down on them. So you're able to appreciate the, the flowers and there's a great range of them. But the thing that makes them so good is the fragrance. They are just superb with their fragrance. And growing them, uh, putting them into a beautiful full sun position, you can see them there on the screen, they're looking fantastic. Um, they are one of those things that they just grow really strongly, they're really compact, they're full of flowers, masses of flowers, but the best thing about them is as with flower carpet, is their disease resistance. So you don't have to do a lot. You can see how happy Nev is with them. He just loves them. And this is the thing, is that you bring that colour into your garden, plant them. Maybe you've got somebody special in your life that you would like to give a little bit of romance. Maybe, fellas, this is your big chance. Head down to your local garden centre. Showpiece roses. They are absolutely superb. I love them. Now, whilst we're still sorting out our issues, uh, with our technical issues with Karen, I might just have a quick couple of questions that will answer some, um, some, some of your questions. I've got a good one here from Melinda, actually, in, uh, in Perth. She's got a one-year-old Kalamata fruit, which is uh, olive, and uh, she's only had about 10 olives from it. Now, being one-year-old, you're probably, you're probably wiser to actually take those fruit off the tree and encourage it to put lots and lots of growth into producing... Uh, a solid structure, and then it'll produce more fruit next year. So there's that. Um, I would I would do that. I, I don't think you need to do much more, Melinda. It's not too hard. And I think we've managed to get back to uh, to Karen. So Karen, are you there? Hello, Trevor. How are you? Well, I'm great. How are you doing? <laughs> yeah, good, good. I echo David's sentiments there. I'm um, quite happy to be winding down into the festive season. I think we're all feeling like that. It's um, It's been one of those years, isn't it? So I think we should be celebrating uh, everything a little bit more this year. What are you doing this Christmas? You've got lots and lots of fruit I can see on the... on the. Is that fruit? You've got tomatoes there too. I have. I have. I've... Uh... I've got, uh, I've still got the Christmas tree still going strong from a couple Absolutely of weeks ago. Absolutely beautiful. So still uh, feeding that with the uh, pour and feed. Yeah. So that's still going strong. And I, and between you and I, I've seen so many people who've gone and replicated that at home. What a great idea. Well done on that. That's superb. Yes, one of our local nurseries in South Australia actually made an even bigger version and they're actually auctioning it off with the proceeds going to the rural fire service as well. So that's Oh, that's great. Who's the who's the garden center? At Newman's Nursery. Newman's. What a great garden center they are too. They are. They're a fantastic mm. family garden center. That's They for are. Sure. Now, now, so we've got a, we've got that, and if people want to get their hands on how to do that, I think we've gone and stuck that up on our website, and they can certainly watch the story we did with you a couple of weeks ago. But um, tell me, please tell me that those tomatoes are a result of all the good advice you gave us at the beginning of the season. 
They are. Um, yes, these are all my little tomatoes out of the garden, cherry tomatoes, um, the, the little honeydew tomatoes as well, which is one of my favourites. And uh, I've, I've mixed it up with some uh, Australian feta and a little bit of basil, some olive oil and salt and pepper, and that makes a, a wonderful garden salad uh, to pop on the table, particularly with this seafood. I think... I think this year might be a big seafood feast for Christmas Day this year. Yeah. I think um, thanks to yeah. chi- thanks to China, the crayfish is going to be a bit cheaper and that would go very well with that salad, I would think. Lovely and fresh. Yeah, that, that's the plan. And the other salad that I absolutely love is on a really hot day, this is watermelon. So watermelon with Danish feta and mint straight out of the garden, and that is so refreshing and accompanies seafood beautifully. Yum. That just sounds amazing. Now, you know what? The the trick to getting these these great crops, and, and obviously that is what delivers that amazing produce to the table, is getting your plants to grow strongly and obviously be able to support um, a good crop. And that doesn't happen by accident. We we know that. We know that here on the Garden Gurus and you guys know that better than anybody, right? Exactly. That's right. And you know that I don't like to muck around with these things and that's why, you know, I love using the products to help me with that, that all the science is in the bag. And Performance Naturals is my go-to now for my fruit and citrus in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's made from all 100% natural ingredients, which is great because I, you know, I, I don't like to add chemicals to the garden. And it's um, three months slow release as well. And I think you touched last week when you spoke to Andrew about lawns and also uh, the garden about how important slow release fertilising is, rather than giving things a, a quick, hard, hard, you know, boost. Uh, particularly for the for the citrus, you don't want to split your citrus. So it's fantastic for... for yeah, you know, the, um, the interesting thing with that, and it's a really good analogy to use, but Christmas Day, you know, we can all be guilty of eating just a little bit too much. When you've got so much amazing food usually on the table, um, you tend to try and want to have a little bit of everything and you end up sometimes at about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, you know, sprawled out on a chair somewhere... Just just trying to digest it all. And that's exactly what happens with plants. If you give them too much, you can actually cause this overload, which can burn the roots. All A lot of the nutrient that you're actually giving is actually wasted. They don't properly absorb it or are even unable to take it up. And then, you know, two days later, you know, Boxing Day, you're probably starting to feel hungry towards the end of the day. But if you haven't eaten all Boxing Day, then you don't eat the next day. Guess what happens? You're starving. And that's exactly what happens with plants, which is why Performance Naturals is so clever, because it feeds small amounts every day, which is a lot healthier um, for obviously for, for, for us as well, but also for plants. They are very similar to us. Yeah, exactly. And and if you do happen to have any spoiled fruit, um, mm. I do have, for those oranges that have fallen off the tree and split or maybe a little bit sour or um, picked a little bit too early, you can yeah. also make some natural festive decorations as well. Oh, so cool. These little, these little decorations. So, you know, if you haven't put your tree up yet, you don't have to rush out and, and buy your decorations. You can make some at home. And these are really, um, they're sustainable, they're fun, they're easy to make, they're safe, there's no petrochemicals, there's no plastic. Uh, and at the end of Christmas, and in fact, you'll, you'll get a couple of years out of these decorations, believe it or not. But wow. at the end of their useful life, you can just you can actually compost them. So I've used natural cotton twine. I've yep. used felted pure woolen um, balls on here. You can make little wool pom poms, or I felt up uh, my sheep's fleece and make these little balls, and they can be put in the compost bin. And Karen, they're really they're, they're brilliant. They look they look you great. Like? But I, I've got another idea for you. Yeah, they're like a tea bag for a Negroni, aren't they? <laughs> They are, they are, and yeah. actually, they they actually smell divine. They do on the on the Christmas tree. They yeah. actually smell beautiful, and you can Bring. even you can string them up and even turn them into a little garland as well. Like uh, I love it. So a bit of they'd fun make, to do with the kids. They'd make uh, pretty good earrings too for the odd vegetarian out there, I reckon. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no, what great ideas! Now, what are you doing for Christmas? Um, I'll be here in South Australia. Um, I've got uh, a farm 
Um, I, I live um, down on the Florio Peninsula, down near Kangaroo Island. So um, I'll be I'll be here with with my husband and my sheep and my kelpie. <laughs> and wow. uh, we we uh, we normally have a bit of a feast at home. Um, um, Skype the family back in in Sydney, and yep. uh, and then we'll we normally. Um, feast on our prawns and seafood and then we'll usually head down to the beach uh, for a swim, an afternoon swim. So oh, that sounds, does... sounds divine. Yeah, yeah. Along yeah, with those amazing good. salads of yours, right? Absolutely. Yeah, we, now, don't, people, we don't go hungry here. <laughs> if, if people want to get their hands on those recipes, can we share them? Absolutely. Terrific. All right. Well, we'll make sure Michaela's going to sort that out at our end and that will be fantastic. We'll look from... All the team here, and I think from all our viewers, we'd like to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. Thank you so much for all your great ideas. I'm looking forward to seeing them more and more, hopefully on the Garden Gurus too, in 2021 when we return. Oh, thank you so much, Trevor. Thank you for making me a part of the show. It's been fantastic and and um, love the garden, have, have loved being um, part of the, the show this year, and it's been fantastic. So. Thanks for all your support and Merry Christmas to everyone out there and hopefully I'll get to see you at the Melbourne International Flower and Garden Show. Hopefully we'll oh, be there. Hopefully I'll get to see you even before then. But, yeah, that's that's the big objective at this point in time, isn't it? That would be wonderful. And yeah. Merry Christmas to all your team. Merry Christmas, Karen. You take care. Now we're going to keep rolling along and we're going to say hello to one of my favourites. She's always full of great ideas. She's... um. Slightly crazy at times, but generally she's pretty sane. That's Bonnie Marie Hibbs. Hello, Bon. How are you? Hi, I'm good. How are you? You're not crazy, are you? Oh, slightly. <laughs> I'm really good. What are you up to? You look like you're at work today. I'm at work again. Um, I'm on holidays next week, so I'm really excited. I'm sorry. But um, no, at work today and um, just finishing up a few things. Um, our magazine came out uh, last week, which is exciting for us. Because we okay. do our spring magazine, and so this is the Garden World yes. magazine. Yeah, yeah. So we got a copy to show. A, yeah, so we've got oh, a. Amazing. Yeah, so um, this is what I do at the nursery, Trevor. I write all the articles and do all the photography for it. So it's good fun. So it's fun for me. But um, so we've been so busy with that. So if people want to get their hands on it, how do they get their hands on the magazine? Um, they can, we have a digital copy that people mm -hmm. can get and, um, simply just email your email address to the Garden World information email address. It's info at gardenworldnursery.com.au and then yep. you'll be sent out a digital one. Otherwise, if you're local to us, you can come in store and they're free. So, so anybody, which is really nice. anybody in Victoria can head into, into the garden centre. Whereabouts do they go? Um, so Brayside. So 810 Springvale Road, Brayside. <laughs> well Lucky done. I remember. <laughs> <laughs> well done. I, I did put you on the spot there. Hey, listen, how are things going in Victoria? Is everything looking good at the moment? Um, is everybody out there shopping and feeling a bit more comfortable and confident now? Yeah, it's it's quite um, it's quite a nice feeling. It's quite humbling, actually, to be able to see people come back into the nursery and just to be able to go out in general and see family. Like I saw my family for the first time um, a few weeks ago after – six months of not being able to see them. So it was wow. really quite moving. So we're still all wearing masks. Um, I'm not because I'm alone in my own office at the moment, but um, yep. but we're still wearing masks just for safety and a lot of people are coming in wearing them still, which is actually nice even though you don't really have to now. But, yep. um, but yeah, every, everyone's really positive, really happy. Um, I think people are still being very cautious on how they act and their hygiene levels and things like that. So that's good to see. So hopefully that continues. But yeah. Yeah, yeah. very positive, which is nice. That yeah. is nice. Yeah, well, it's great that, that things have got to the point where we can all get out and, and socialise and see family and do those things again. Hey, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about um, growing conditions over there at the moment. So I know um, here in Perth we're starting to get some pretty hot weather. In fact, in the next week or so we are going to go and have um, probably – uh, at least five or six days over 35 with at least 140. So it's going to really start wow. to heat up and that changes everything. You know, we really start to see those summer yeah. summer plants start to kick in um, yeah. and and that's that's the difference here. I know in, in Queensland and certainly in uh, New South Wales, a lot of rainfall. What's happening in Melbourne? 
Mel, we've been really hot um, the last few days. So the weekend just gone, we were in mid-30s. Um, it was quite hot and it's a really dry heat. So you're, we're suddenly going from this more cool weather gardening style into a very dry, hot, um, I guess you could say, environment. So plants are requiring a lot more attention than they yep. were a few weeks ago. Today is yep. quite humid we're at 28 i think we're 28 degrees today and it's quite muggy and then we've got rain coming so it's it's still very all over the place in melbourne but at least it's warm um but yeah it's that transition now trying to not so much feed your plants a lot it's more going into the the care factor of getting them through the summer heat yeah so so you know um some of the plants that i love the most in garden centers this time of the year hydrangeas, there's so many different types of hydrangeas and fuchsias as well. They're two of the real early summer highlights for me. What, what, what have you got going on over there? How, how do you look after them in Melbourne? So we've had hydrangeas come through. Um, just a quick funny side note, we, um, we pre-order a thousand hydrangeas for our summer season. We sold them all in two weeks, so we've got not much hydrangeas. Wow. So, um, so everyone has a hydrangea in their garden, that means. So what we do to care for them, we try and water them a lot earlier in the day so that water will sustain them for the peak of heat during the day as well. Um, if they're in your garden and they're established and you're worried that they might get a bit of a burn, just throwing a sheet over them is a really old-fashioned but handy trick and it really does does work. But early watering for your hydrangeas, for your fuchsias, and a lot of tropical plants too, the earlier you water, the, the better off the plant will be through that day and less likely they're going to suffer from that heat. Yeah, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Just making sure that your soil moisture levels are always consistent, no matter what the temperature is, does help the plants get through. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but now, we're seeing a lot of, sorry, I was, I was just going to say, we're seeing lots of cannas and things like that coming through now too, which is really mm. nice. Yeah, and and I, I'm not sure there's anywhere else in the country that has cannas quite as nice as they can be in Victoria, particularly this time of the year. The flowers are always so big. Yeah, they're stunning, absolutely stunning. <laughs> do you have anything that impacts flowers um, over there? You know, do, is uh, thrips an issue in Victoria? Yeah, we're starting to see a lot of thrip in roses at the moment um, yeah. and in, in herbs as well, so the mint we noticed the mint's actually got a little bit of thrip coming through. Okay. Uh, Whitefly is a big issue for Melbourne once we get into summer and that humidity starts. Yep. Um, and then the other thing people start to see more so in their dahlias is um, earwigs. Earwigs start to nest in them. And, really? Um, in the dahlias? Yeah. Interesting. So take them out. <laughs> Let's just go back a couple of seconds. How do you control the, the thrips and whitefly? Um, so we tend to favour um, doing an organic spray in the nursery yeah. because we don't like to spray anything toxic because we've got, you know, customers coming in and young children, things like that, so we're really conscious of that. Um, we also do use sticky traps, but we make sure we've got that guard on them um, yep. just to protect any little wildlife. Not that yes. we get much here, but it's a good habit to have even in yep. your home garden. So they're probably the two main things that we do. And then any old flowers, we're making sure we're removing them, getting rid of them. That way, if yeah. there is any infection, it's not spreading. Um, but mainly spraying and traps, yeah. So let's just talk about um, plant highlights at the moment in Melbourne. You've mentioned cannas. What else What else should people be looking out for? We've got beautiful bougainvilleas, which um, a lot of people are a bit timid to try growing them in Melbourne because there's this... I guess, thought process that they won't survive our winters, but they definitely do. Yeah. Um, I've got one up actually up in Gippsland on the family farm and it's a beautiful, beautiful one. And um, it goes through a winter that we sometimes get snow and it survives. So they can survive, but they just need yeah. a really hot spot with reflective heat. But they're looking stunning at the moment. So they're doing really, really well. Um, We've also got dahlias, as I already mentioned, but they're, they're amazing this year and there's a real trend on those as well. Yeah. Um, now it's the time to be planting them in pots, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so you won't get them as a tuber now, but you'll get them as already growing with foliage and probably a few flower buds or even some flowers open. And it's nice because you can even sit that on, like, the Christmas table or, you know, you can make yeah. a nice gift anyway. But, yeah, so they're you looking know, beautiful. One, one of the highlights or a couple of the highlights for us over here in Perth, and we're – 
just a little bit more warmer than you. And I know in Sydney, it's obviously warmer again. And, and further north we go now, really starts to make a big difference. But things like frangipani, um, hibiscus, you've mentioned bougainvillea, even gardenias, they're, they're really wonderful summer plants. Uh, are they good? Does frang do the frangipani perform well in Melbourne? Yeah, they do. Um, I probably wouldn't grow them out where I am, so Gippsland, but um, definitely in the inner suburbs you can grow beautiful frangipanis. They can, in Melbourne, sometimes completely defoliate for the winter months, so they go into yep. dormancy, which is normal for us. I don't know if yep. they do that for you. They um, do, yep. They do? Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, and then they come back into leaf and they flower. They probably won't ever be as prolific as what you would see up north, but yep. you'll still get plenty of flowers and the fragrance is amazing in the evening. It's just It's really yeah. intense. Beautiful. But, yeah, we've yep. got them in, We've got them as well. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Bonnie? What else, what are you going to do for Christmas? Tell me about what Bonnie's Christmas looks like. Uh, my Christmas is going to be busy. Um, my partner will, will go to his dad's and then we'll go to his mum's and then we'll end up Christmas dinner at my parents', um, which is really nice because we didn't know if we were going to be able to see family this Christmas. So it's going to be a really nice day, busy day but a nice day. And then I'm going to get into my garden as well, Trevor, because <laughs> I haven't had much time in my garden, so... That's what I'm going to be spending a lot of time doing as well. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Well, we've got a big, big year coming up in 2021. We're planning um, our first episodes of The Garden Gurus, which will kick off in late February. So it's quite early for us. And you are going yeah. to be back. And I just can't wait to see you back on the screen doing lots of stories and showing us lots of beautiful Victoria. I can't wait to get back over there and get into it again. It's going to be so good. From all the team here, thank you so much for your contributions. I know how hard it's been this year, but 2021 is going to be great and there's a lot to look forward to. Yeah, I'm so, I'm so excited and I'm very grateful to you, of course, and also the viewers for putting up with probably my wobbly filming and stuff that I managed to do for the show, but I really appreciate that I've got to be a part of it and it's really on. It's humbling, so... Makes me well, makes me all cry. Yeah, me too. Me too. We've got so much going on, Bon, and it's going to be great to to be working. I mean, we've been really lucky to have you participating in this on a regular basis, but to to see you back on the screen doing some long form stories, showing us some great gardens around Melbourne. I can't wait. But in the meantime, I want you to go and have the most wonderful Christmas. And from all the gang here at Gurus. I want to say thank you for your contribution and wish you a really wonderful, lovely Christmas. We're all looking forward to a great new year. So you take care. You too. See ya. <laughs> see ya. Now, it was great to see Bonnie. What a, what a wonderful person. And that's what's great about the, the Garden Gurus is we've got a bunch of people on this show that are just beautiful human beings and it makes coming to work every day an absolute pleasure. So I'm, I'm so glad to see Bonnie. Garden Express are Australia's leading mail-order gardening service, offering a wide range of quality garden products. Each week on the Garden Gurus Live, the team at Garden Express will share a weekly offer. So make sure after today's show, you jump online and visit their website. Now, I am going to go through a few more of your questions. This is your last chance for me to answer them. So please send your questions in. Make sure you let us know where you're from and I'll do my best to answer them. And uh, the very first one we've got, and I should mention that, remember, we've got this amazing prize. So we've got three of these books and we've got five fabulous packets of seeds from Father Gills. And we are just about out of time. So this is your last chance to get your questions answered. It's all about you for the next five minutes or so. Now... Leonie in Adelaide, thanks again for letting us know where you're from, Leonie. She's got a tangelo and it's got mealybugs, which she's got rid of a couple of months ago. Some leaves are curling and disfigured and some of the very young fruit have tiny lumps on them. So my guess is that the tiny lumps on the fruit are a, product, are a byproduct of the problem that's causing the leaves to curl. And there's a, an insect called citrus leaf miner. It's a little moth that's active just on dusk. And what it does is it flies around and it lays its egg on new growing, uh, new growing foliage buds, basically. 
And as they start to grow out, the egg hatches, the larvae eats little holes in it and causes the leaves all to be contorted and twisted. So they're damaged by this insect. And often they'll be sort of curled, which is how the insect gets its name. What you've got to do is you've got to get control of it. And the best way to do it is to know that it's very active just on dusk. That's when it's flying around laying its eggs. And if you can discourage it from landing on your tree and laying its eggs, then you're going to have less of a problem, probably no problem if you maintain this regime. The trick is to spray horticultural oil, white oil, something like that over the foliage, ideally at about four o'clock, 4.30 in the afternoon. You do that, the moth won't land on it. They don't like the stickiness of the, of the oil on the foliage. It keeps them away. It's a nice natural cure. It doesn't do any, any harm at all. And if you can maintain that probably two or three sprays a week for about two to three weeks, it'll break the breeding cycle and they'll just disappear. And then you shouldn't have any, any problems at all. So I hope that helps. And Leonie, just one thing is any of that damaged foliage is never gonna get any better. So you might just wanna go through and lightly trim that out and it'll stimulate more growth. Let's have a look. We've got one from Gillian. I'm not sure where you are. Um, but she's asked, she's got beautiful succulents on display. How much water do they need? Well, it depends whether they're in pots or if they're in the ground, but the truth of the matter is, Gillian, that probably one hand watering a week is all you're going to need to give them. That's pretty much all they need. They're really hardy and they're called succulents because they have the ability to absorb moisture into the foliage and the stem and hold it and use it, which means that they can go sometimes for, for weeks, sometimes months without needing to be watered at all. Juanita has got uh, gardenias. Again, Juanita, I'm not quite sure where you're from. She wants to know if she can grow gardenias, I should say, from cuttings. And uh, she also wanted to wish us a fantastic Christmas holiday with friends and family. Thank you very much. It's very kind of you and same to you and yours. We are all looking forward to a brand new year and we will take care of ourselves as I hope you do too. Yes, you can grow gardenias from cuttings. Now is the time to do it. And the best way to do it is to grow them from tip cuttings, some stem cuttings at the very top of the plant. What you do is you actually tip the, uh, cut the first growing leaves off. So you should have two leaves like that. Pull the leaves down off, off the stem, cut it about three nodes down, take probably 20 cuttings or so, put them into a cutting mix. And again, from Osmocote, they have a special propagation mixture. You can just pop them into the top of the pot and the best thing you can do is put a plastic cover over the top. And it can be as simple as just a plastic bag over the top after you've watered them. And what it does is it holds the humidity in around the foliage of the plant because there's no roots to support that. And it stops uh, any transpiration or pretty much slows it down anyway. They will start developing roots on the very bottom within probably three weeks to four weeks. And within about two to three months, so you're probably talking March, April, they'll be ready to plant out and ideally just plant them into little tiny pots, so little tubes or just a small, maybe even an eight centimetre or 10 centimetre pot and let them grow in that until they get their roots to the side of the pot. Then you plant them up into bigger pots and you will have beautiful plants. That's how you grow gardenias. I hope that helps you. Let's move through. So we're really doing some diverse stuff here this morning and thank you for your questions. Emily, I'm not quite sure where you're from, Emily, but can you make a hedge from proteas? Also, what's the hardiest plant for hanging baskets that gets afternoon sun and gets forgotten to be watered all too often? All right, so let's go to the hedge from proteas. There are certain types of proteas that do really well as hedges. So leucodendrons are probably the ones that you want to look for and they can be trimmed. There are some beautiful varieties of leucodendrons available. Um, some of the best, uh, just so you know, most of the proteas all originate from Africa, uh, from South Africa, but there's been so much amazing work done here in Australia with introducing new varieties and breeding as well. So there's a lot to look out for. Um, they do make a nice hedge. Um, let's go back to the hanging basket question. Uh, hanging baskets that get afternoon sun and you forget to water them. Well, the trick is to make sure that you're using something that holds moisture in that hanging basket for a bit longer, so in the soil. That's, that's the first thing. And there are polymers that you can do that. You do need to make sure that every once in a while, with hanging baskets every couple of months, add a wetting agent to the, 
the hanging basket to make sure water is penetrating evenly through the soil too. As far as plants go, you want those sun-loving plants and petunias are probably the very best for this kind of situation because they can handle water stress as well. Let's have a look. We've got a few favourites um, coming in here too. Some of our regulars, Cherie from Bunyip in, uh, Bunyip in Victoria. She says she envies people who are picking tomatoes already. Always been told to plant them on Melbourne Cup weekend. So November, which she does, but she's only just started to see one or two little fruit appearing. She's been applying power feed and watering regularly. Not sure what you're doing wrong. You're not doing anything wrong. And the reason you're probably being told to plant in November is tomatoes are, they do love heat. They do love the warmth. And there is a risk if you plant them earlier in Victoria that they may get knocked back by the cold weather, which means that you'll end up with a big problem anyway. In saying that, um, I've had great success growing them over there in October, planting the first weekend of October. So you could maybe pull it back a month early and see how you go. It just depends whether you get frosts or not. Um, you know what, you're doing the right thing. You're feeding them with power feed, you're watering regularly. I don't think you're doing anything wrong. They'll produce lots and lots of fruit. The trick with tomatoes also is to make sure that you do enrich the soil every year. Don't plant in the same spot. So you're rotating crops across the garden. If you're doing all those things, you're doing it all okay, Cherie. So thank you very much and wish you and your family a very Merry Christmas and everybody in Victoria. Keng in Perth, another regular, mate. Um, lovely to have you on this morning. Recently, Keng's discovered scales and mealybugs on one of his Cymbidium orchids. Like to know what the minimum concentration of, um, okay, so he's using isopropyl alcohol. Um, that's just for dabbing on, on the insect. You don't want to go mixing that and, and spraying that in any way or watering it over the plant. It would be a significant problem. So my recommendation is that you would only use it uh, literally neat and you would dab it on the mealy bug around. You don't need to try and dilute it. You just need to make sure it's only touching that direct. So don't worry about diluting it or doing anything else. It is what you buy it for. So if it's 60, 64%, which is the typical one that you would normally get uh, from your supermarket or pharmacy, that's the, the level you'd use. But don't go pouring it over the plant. Doesn't matter what you do with alcohol, it will dehydrate the plant and damage it badly. So you don't want to go pouring that over. If you want to control mealybug, one of two ways. One is you can soak it using uh, a horticultural oil. So white oil is a good example. Um, you have to make sure that the plant is drenched and with cymbidium orchids, it really does get into the root system because it tends to be open and airy and mealybug, absolutely love that. I would be doing this, to be quite honest, I would be soaking it with, um, with white oil. I think it's probably the best way to go and at recommended rates. I think that should be, um, uh, should be the way to control it. And we're just looking through, we're just about at the end of the run and um, I've got Bob from Mount Lawley in Perth as our last question for today. Hello, Bob. He's took our advice from the TV show, planted a tamarillo and it's growing nicely. When can you expect first fruit? Well, look, my experience is they can fruit in the first 12 months. You don't actually want them to do that. You want them to fruit in the second year, ideally. That way the plant's very well established with a nice a nice um, big uh, canopy and able to support good crops. So year two is the most likely time when you'll find your tamarillo, which is also known as the tree tomato and it's a native of South America. That's when you'll see it producing lots of fruit. And all of that fruit will be, well, it'll be exceptional. It'll be something that you'll really enjoy because of course tamarillo is not a sweet fruit, it's a savoury fruit, which goes really well with cheese and biscuits and white wine, just a suggestion. That's it for today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for joining us. We've had a great crowd, a great audience um, stuck with us all the way through, which is wonderful. So thank you to you and all your family from all of ours. We want to wish you a very Merry Christmas. The winners of our prizes, the three Delish books, Lindy in Brisbane, Linda in Queensland and Wilma in Perth. You'll need to let us know where you are. And the five packets of Mr Fothergill seeds, Melinda in Perth, Marie in Hobart, Wendy in Adelaide, Bernard in Victoria, Natalie in Ipswich in Queensland, right across the country. Now, 
the last episode of the Garden Guru Spring Series, which turned into summer, is going to air this weekend and you need to check your local TV guides. But typically it plays in all the major capital cities around Australia on Channel 9 at 4.30 on Saturday afternoons. And of course, you know, we have repeats running on Nine Life as well. And you can watch any of the programs on ninenow.com.au when you want to as well. That, um, that broadcast video on demand is very popular. And if you've enjoyed today's show but maybe didn't catch the whole lot or you'd like to listen to some of the things we've talked about again and uh, catch up with it, you can live stream it and catch up on previous episodes, uh, today's and, and previous ones, on Spotify, Apple Podcast and Podbean if you are a uh, podcaster, if you love your podcasts. Now, next year, we are going to change the routine of our Garden Gurus Live, and we're going to move to Mondays. Going to give it a shot at 12 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. I hope that you can join us. It, it is such a great way for you to ask questions and for us to interact with you and, and introduce you to some pretty amazing people and we have done that through this series and I'm very grateful to them all joining us. We'll be back for one last stream. It's your chance to ask your garden questions. It is this Monday, that is the 21st. We've dedicated the whole program to you to answer your questions, which is what it's all about. We'll be catching up on all the things that you want to talk about and of course, if there is anything that you note in the garden, take a photograph, send it to us, send your questions in, let us know what suburb you're in, and I will answer them. I'm Trevor Cochran, and big thanks to my team here, Jimmy and Michaela, who've done an awesome job again this morning, pulling it all together for us. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm Trevor Cochran. We'll see you again real soon. Bye. The Garden Gurus is back on your screens this weekend. Tune into 9 and 9 HD this Saturday at 4.30pm across all states. And if you'd like to catch up on the previous episode, tune into 9 Life this Saturday at 5pm. When in doubt, make sure you check your local TV guide.